Welcome back to another episode of Baxter's Buzz. I am your host, Baxter E. Hall. Welcome to my brain. Welcome to my frequency. Enter at your own risk. Now, today I have a special guest with me. Um, she is a seasoned HR professional and uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion expert. She's also an entrepreneur and the founder of Blank Canvas Cookies, Mignon Bird. Hello, Mignon. <laughs> Welcome to Baxter's Buzz. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me, Baxter. I appreciate it. So nice to see you, as we already discussed. But no, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so as we continue to sort of build rapport, you know, I was kind of late to the game as far as learning about blank canvas cookies. And you've been, you know, traveling and, and hitting your uh, uh, farmers markets and, and everything. Can you talk about blank canvas cookies real quick and um, kind of what you're trying to accomplish there? Because everything looks amazing. I can't wait to like get get something, but but now I've just been looking at the pictures, everything looks so good. Oh, I appreciate it. Blank Canvas Cookies is my baby. I've been baking since I was little. Um, the origin story about uh, me just diving into baking was that I used to bake cookies during the holiday season, like now. You know, for Santa Claus, my mama had my sister and I bake homemade cookies to leave out for him. Um, nonetheless, it turned into these parties called cookie bakes where we would essentially uh, tell or excuse me help our friends and family make cookies from scratch but ultimately it just be myself and my mom baking <laughs> and everyone be downstairs eating pizza or whatnot um, but I since transitioned into baking cookies for my friends in college and it just uplifted my spirit it was a go-to mechanism to just you know make sure I'm calm and at ease especially up at college with a multitude of things to accomplish yeah. <laughs> But people love my decadent treats so much, but I didn't have that confidence yet to really sell them. Um, but it was back in 2018 um, in May, I was in New York and I was in Chinatown. I stumbled upon this beautiful apron, which is on my website that I'm wearing and multiple pictures as well. And it was $5, but it, it just um, illustrated so much of who I am, sassy, fun, confident, um, fashionable. And I'm like, this apron, this $5 apron. Yeah can get me to start selling cookies and it, it just boosted my morale to really just go out there and put myself um, in the forefront of others and since then um, I established my website created you know these marvelous cookies I um, worked with Google as well um, and there's so much more to accomplish um, within my cookies so yeah. um, that's the important story about my love and my baby <laughs> yeah I know you you just getting started you you um have a lot of plans but you've also done a lot already so yeah. kudos to you for for kind of actualizing that dream a lot of us have these things that we think about and then we never sort of take that next step so you deserve a lot of credit and you're doing some really dope stuff already and and uh i know you got bigger bigger plans as well so for sure yeah um, had some volunteer philanthropy within Blank Canvas Cookies, um, expanded to the Eastern Market, um, have our own, pop, um, I guess, mom and pop shop, I should say. So um, just look out. 
Yeah, I, I will. And one day maybe I'll get a chance to like taste these things and see if they if they taste as good as they look because they look amazing. And that, you know, the presentation is so important, right? Yes, but I'm telling you, don't do my cookies like that. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm just saying I can't endorse anything until I, you know, until I, you know, get a chance to. But but they do look amazing. And, and I I, don't, I have zero doubt that they taste amazing as well. Mignon, um, you talked about like uh, growing up, like, you know, making these cookies for Santa Claus and, and all that stuff when you think about your upbringing, like, what do you, like, what do you think about just in, you know, aside from like the cookie piece, just in general, like, what do you think about? My upbringing, um, I would say wholesome. I would say in control. Um, I would say loving, loving as well. Um, I would say provided, supported. I look back and uh, I think about, you know, I was blessed to have a two-parent household. Yeah. Most people, unfortunately, did not experience that. But looking back as I am an adult now, I see it. my parents sacrificed a lot for my sister and I to accomplish the things that we wanted to do. So I am blessed to have my parents and to have such parents who could guide their children into who we are today. Um, so I appreciate them so much. You know, they're still together to this day. They illustrated love. They illustrated uh, camaraderie, which is nice. You know, here and there, I fight, you know, an argument, I should say. Sure. But, you know, that's marriage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but ultimately, I picked up things from my mom. And as I'm getting older, I noticed that I'm picking up things from my dad. And I'm, I'm realizing that I needed both of their skill sets in order to be the one that I am today. Yeah, that's amazing. And congratulations to your parents for, for sticking it, staying in there. You know, when I was growing up, yeah. I only knew one married couple and um, they they looked perfect. You know, it was, it was my sister uh, and um, my brother-in-law. Derek, shout out to Derek and Leah. Um, and I remember the first time I heard them argue, I was like relieved in a way. Cause I was, cause I was like this teenager and I was, I, I argued with my girlfriend and I was like, well, clearly we're not getting married because Derek and Leah don't ever argue, you know? And I remember just seeing like that human side, like, okay, okay. It's not, I wasn't happy that they weren't happy, but I was happy to see that they, that there was a different dimension that I hadn't, you know, recognized before. And it, it, it set the bar at a more appropriate level for me as like this young person, just kind of learning about relationships and all that. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's not always easy, but you know, it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. Um, you're a hard worker. Like when, you know, since I've, I've known who you were and like really connect, I've realized how like your work ethic is like top notch. Is that, is that something that you get from your parents? Of course. I mean, listen, 
they don't work on time. They always say, "What are you doing? You're not working. Then what are you? What are you doing?" They instill yeah. in my sister and me. So to really just go out there and continuously work, and no matter what hardship comes, they always instill in us. But you still have to get paid. So what you gonna do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I get that from my mom. Um, more of a just creative aspect but my dad more of that strict aspect like regardless of what you're doing you need to make sure that you're there on time and showing up to work so that discipline yeah yeah um when you think about like growing up like what are some of the things that you remember like as a child in regards to just like and when you when you think about your childhood like what are some of the things that you kind of just kind of come to mind? So my parents recently moved out of the house that we grew up in. Oh. It's been, it's been about a year. And I'm still sad. I was, <laughs> I was sad about that house. My mom was like, oh, it's their problem now. But I grew up, <laughs> I grew up in Redford in that specific house for so many years. So I think about my dad yelling down the street for my sister and me to come back into the house when the street lights came on. Uh, um, I think about when I didn't have my key, I would climb into a window <laughs> to get into the house. Um, I think about, again, my cookies. That's where it started, my love for cookies and, and baking. Um, you know, I think about having my first boyfriend over my yeah. house, you know, yeah. like all that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I think about getting ready for family vacations. We went to Disney where I feel like every child needs to go to Disney World, sign yeah. up, but nonetheless, um, just yeah. getting ready for the trip. We had a whole, the camcorder, remember that big old thing? Yeah. <laughs> we had a whole videotape of that. So that house brings me joy because in essence, it developed again to the woman that I am. Yeah. Yeah, see, if I would have given you too much direction on that question you wouldn't have thought about all those different memories and look and then they had the nerve to, to sell the house that you didn't already moved out of yeah, i mean don't get me wrong the house was small <laughs> and um my parents deserve larger they deserve better yeah. you know there's everyone needs to improve and yeah. scale on them but um it's just it's bittersweet yeah no for sure i get it i get it um so I'm sure the last time um, we saw each other, I went on my rant about about uh, the Jerry Seinfeld uh, interview, right? David Letterman. And so let me set it up for the audience. Um, so David Letterman has his Netflix show. I'm not sure the name the name of it, and, and I'm not sure if it, if, it's, if he's still sort of active. But he had Jerry Seinfeld on as a guest. And um, Jerry was talking about um, um, a comedian that they kind of came up with and this like rising star. And um, Freddie Prince uh, was his name. And, and uh, he ended up uh, taking his own life at, at like 22 years old. And um, they and they started talking about talent and Jerry, Jerry started talking about talent being like a horse. 
Um, and basically the way you're able to handle this horse or if it throws you off, that, that'll determine, you know, sort of your success. And so I just kind of became obsessed with this whole thought of like, this horse and like, what's my horse? And like, what does that mean? And can you change horses? Am I on the right horse? You know, like, so when I think about that question and like think about like that, that thing that's like, that you feel more strongly about, more confident about than anything else. Like the one thing that you can kind of hang your hat on and, re and rely on, like what's your horse? Like, what do you feel like your horse is that, that you are sort of helping you navigate through this life? Yeah, I remember we talked about that when we last saw each other. I mean, you was you was getting deep on me back then. <laughs> well, why do you want to know this question? Like, I don't want to tell you. <laughs> this answer um but as i stated before you know being an hr professional but also jumping in the world for entrepreneurship and um, rediscovering my love for baking um that's the one thing i feel as if no one can take from me in regards to being an hr professional i mean yes consulting does work as well but i feel as if the creative space that i'm allowed to dive into and and, and to grow and to manifest um, is really truly within uh, my baking and my love for cookies and expanding on that. So at this moment, my tunnel vision, I believe my horse is in that direction. But man, let me tell you, coming to terms with trying to find one horse or two horses or three horses, it's, it could be a bit traumatizing because in life, we, we want to find our purpose. We want to find that one thing. But there's so many different, you know, avenues we can turn down and so many signals that, oh, it could work out this way, it can work out that way. So honestly, like everyone else, I'm, I'm discovering that and I'm a religious person. So, you know, I'm entrusting God to show me the way, truly. And um, I'm putting my faith in him. I obviously continue doing the work on both aspects, but, um, I'm, I'm waiting to see the results as well. I'm, I'm trying to find my destiny, my purpose, my horse. Um, yeah. But at that mo at this moment, I do feel as if my horse is within my cookies. But yeah. um, only God will tell. But yeah. Yeah. And like you said, it doesn't, it's not one thing necessarily that's going, you know, it, it's probably, you know, a, sort of an umbrella that a number of things sort of sit under. So when, from what I know about you, obviously there's a creative side of you. Um, there's a, you know, entrepreneurial spirit. Yeah. And that probably does serve you well in the corporate setting as, as well, even if you don't think about it in that way, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. you... Um, uh, talk about your your uh, sort of the role that you play in uh, Michigan SHRM or uh, Michigan Society for HR managers. Like, t talk about um, your role and, and some of the things that you're doing for my SHRM. Yeah, so I jumped to that role uh, about a year ago 
now and as diversity director. So I enacted the Blue Table Talk. So I'm not for sure audience. Have you heard of Red Table Talk with Jada Pickett-Smith and her daughter and her mom? But um, they talk about and have those vulnerable, transparent conversations and, and they get real deep. And I'm like, oh, goodness, this is a little, it's a, it's a lot. But yeah. at the time when I uh, came into my role, obviously COVID, um, the social justice, uh, disparities that we were going through. I'm like, people are afraid to just speak, man. Like, let's stop being fake, so to speak, tiptoeing around each other and just be vulnerable and real about, you know, how your professional um, lives are starting to merge or your personal lives. And as HR professionals, what can we do to help bring about having those um, direct but open and vulnerable conversations, which is why I enacted the table talk. Um, which, which, which went well, excuse me. Um, unfortunately, though, it did kind of die down during the end of this year. I think just because of burnout, people didn't want to be on Zoom. So maybe I can go ahead and enact those in person for 2022. Hopefully this Corona, Miss Corona can just go away or yeah. something soon. <laughs> yeah. But I'm not afraid to, to speak up and have those dialogues Again, it's my mom always says it's not what you say, but how you say it. Just be respectful to others. Listen to both sides um, or all sides, I should say, and, and then try to come to an understanding with one another. And I think that's key to have those difficult conversations. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a super important work. And 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 I would advise uh, that you try to start them back up, whether it's um, Zoom some people are kind of going back on self-imposed sort of lockdown. So, you know, some people are more willing to get out and about, but giving people that space, that safe space to talk and you being an advocate of, of that, I think it's important. I would encourage you to, to start it back up in one way or the other. Um, you know, if there's any way I can contribute, let me know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, When you think about diversity and, and what you feel like you bring to like to that role and just what you bring to your to your um, consulting and, 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 and the employees that you work with. Like, what does that mean to you and, and why is that why, why is that work important? Well, I mean, I'm diverse on three aspects. I always say um, first, you know, I'm black. One, two, I'm a woman. Three, my age sometimes gets um, unfortunately disgraced upon being a millennial. Although, you know, millennials are now 40 years old. So it is what it is at this point. Just get over it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're here. Um, but I, I feel it on three fronts. Um, so I'm a walking testimonial of someone who's diverse and who can really um, speak upon, uh, unfortunately, the disadvantages that others like myself are having, especially in a corporate setting. Um, to me, diversity speaks speaks a lot to me. It's just because, um, you know, I've been um, casted and shut out in a professional setting because of those three different categories I just listed. And it's not fun. 
Yeah. So I'm the person who wants to just kind of bring about those conversations and, and have conversations around why are people being treated like this? What can we do to work on making that change? Um, because in the age that we're in now in our society, it's unfortunate that we're still, you know, looked down upon in a professional setting. Although there has been uh, movement and um uh, you know, we're, we're definitely moving in a right direction, but some aspects have regressed, uh, which is not fun, but ultimately just being a voice and not being so quiet or hush-hush yeah. about it. We had traditionalists, you know, when working, that's that was their whole corporate setting. Don't talk, don't speak. Also, um, Generation um, X as well. Hush-hush, don't speak. So that's my parents' Uh, they always ask, why are you so boisterous at work? Like, just hush and just do your job. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to let someone talk to me like that. Yeah. Like, regardless, I'm a human being. Respect me. I'm yeah. working. But no matter if I'm a janitor or the CEO, everyone needs to be treated with dignity and respect. So that's where, you know, my generation comes into play. And the one below me, Generation Z, oh, child, they a whole mess. But we love them. <laughs> we love them. We, you know, we're, we're, we're not taking anything from others. And it's just all about respect that ultimately, which is why I, you know, am passionate about diversity because I want others to see that it could be so simple. Again, it's not what you say, it's just how you say it. Yeah. Okay. There's a, yeah, there's a, there's a, this, you know, yeah, there's this uh, racism and sexism um, undertones, right? Um, there's this, you know, short-sighted, male-dominant sort of, you know, perspectives. Um, and at the end of the day, sometimes, you know, there's this whole unconscious bias piece that people don't even realize what they're doing. Yeah. Um, and it takes, you know, people such as yourself, such as myself, to just speak up and give them context so that they can be more empathetic to to some of the experiences that we have and uh, you know people of other diverse backgrounds are experiencing as well and they don't they don't know where they fit you know so um like I said you're kind of kind of amazing you're doing a doing a lot of stuff um when you think about um you know your yourself now versus like 10 years ago you don't have to give away your age i'm not saying don't give away your age now what i what i was saying is if you think about like what advice would you give to yourself um from from 10 years ago like um how would you help them deal with these th these last 10 years that you experienced that's a good question um I would say most more so personally, I'm gonna take that route to just um, don't be afraid to speak up for yourself. Don't let others make short comments and not address them. And don't put your happiness in front of others. If there's something that's bothering you just, it, it must be your true feelings and just speak up on them. Mm. I had to learn that over the last few years um, because I was always so cognizant of how others might feel. This is both professionally and personally on this aspect. 
I'm afraid to respond because I'm not for sure how they'll, they'll react to my message. But at the same time, no, they made you feel like shit. <laughs> Say something. Yeah. It's not fair for me to coddle my feelings to make you feel good. I, yeah, I, I think that um, self-advocacy is so important. And I yeah. think that, you know, it's something that, If I may uh, say that, I was just I was just given a lesson not too long ago by one of my um, black female friends um, about the way in which you guys can you know, can be perceived in these corporate settings and how you know I look at it from a from a from a black male perspective and how uh, folks may you know I'm conscious of like how. My, my response may make them feel or, or this, this picture that they may paint of me if I respond in a certain way. And, and, and I'll say that there may even be more pressure on the females to respond in this certain way in these environments, you know, for fear of being labeled. But I, I think that if, if, uh, if you have an opportunity to advocate for others, you should, but you definitely need to make sure that you're speaking up for yourself because um, who else? Who else is going to? And you don't have to apologize for it, you know. And I know it's easier said than done. Oh, I have the perfect story to kind of tell with that. It was I don't know about I think I told you this. I don't know. I'm just gonna start speaking. <laughs> um, at work, uh, a gentleman who was you know in leadership kept, um, I guess, kept introducing me or titling my name differently in emails with another Black woman's name. And the stigma is just, you know, we're, yes, we're both Black, but we're not the same. Right. And the funny thing is, on Outlook, most companies have people's faces, you know, right next to their name on Outlook. So just like, come on, now you're just being disrespectful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, not once, not twice, three times it happened, and at this point, I'm stuck. Um, just because, you know, I'm not, I'm not her. She is not me. We are two individuals. So I just sent an email like, "Hey, you have to stop doing this. You know, I, I don't appreciate it. I've been this company for X amount of years, and I cc'd his leader, my leader, and my leader above my boss." just to let all parties know that I'm not tolerating this anymore and he needs to change. Yeah. So my boss's boss comes to me and like, nah, you could have, I could have just handled that. No, I can speak for myself. I don't need you to correct someone when it comes to my name. It's my name. I don't yeah. need authority or a chain of command to address this. You're not me. That's like my name. Yeah. Address me as such. And it's just as simple as that. Yeah. Um, so that's an example where it was it was tough sending that sim button. I mean, I was sweating and everything. Like, yeah. <laughs> but I had to do it. I just had to do it. Yeah. So I'm proud of it. You should be. You should be. And th those conversations, you know, those interactions become a little bit easier once you kind of step out. Because most of us don't want any conflict. But at the same time, some of it is necessary. You know, and we can all be better from it if it's done right. You know, um, I think about the book, uh, Crucial Conversations. 
Um, and the, basically the, the premise of the book is, hey, um, when we can go from a regular conversation to a crucial conversation, like with the snap of a finger, and we're probably not going to handle it well because we don't have enough practice having those conversations when the stakes are that high, right? So we have to get used to um, having those difficult conversations, addressing those things so that they don't feel so foreign and that maybe we can keep them from escalating as opposed to like letting them build up, right? A lot of times it's like, all right, I've had enough. Versus let me help you out early before we even get, get, you know, get down this, this road too far. Um, So the self-advocacy piece, I think is, I think is super important. Um, What do you think that the, the, you know, the, the 10, you know, the, the, the mignon from 10 years ago, what kind of advice do you think she'd be giving you today? <laughs> wow, that's a good question. She would definitely tell me to loosen up more, um, be more spontaneous, um, have more fun, be more social. Mm. I, I can I can definitely hide in my cocoon. Yeah. It doesn't seem that way. But um I like hanging out with myself. It's been yeah. fun. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy my company, but at the same time, um, I know that has sheltered me and I passed up opportunities, just even with my friends, a, a fun night or a vacation, like just go. Like yeah. life's too short. No, granted, I, I, I've done that. I've had fun with my friends, but, um, you know, I, I definitely could learn to just loosen up a bit. Yeah. I'm, I'm learning that now. All right. Now, you said it. You oh, said yeah. it. You're going to hold me accountable. Well, you know, <laughs> we, you know we, we had a similar conversation around, um, you know, just putting yourself out there, right? And um, it's tough. It's tough uh, to sort of, you know, because you don't, you know, you want it to feel natural. You want it, you don't want to feel like you're propping yourself up. But at the same time, just like you need to self-advocate for yourself, you need to let people know what you're doing and the amazing things that you're doing or else they're not going to know. Yeah. You know, um, my eight-year-old, we talk about, advertising a lot because it started with like the YouTube ads, you know, she's like, what or commercials on TV is like, what is this? Why is it interfering in what I'm trying to watch? You know? And so over the, the last three years or so, I was like, I try to explain to her that wherever there are eyes, advertisers want to be there. Right. So she, she's really has a really good grasp of that concept. And so she's, um, she'll be, she's a, um, a Girl Scout this year and she'll, she's a brownie and she'll be um, selling uh, cookies uh, here c- coming up soon for the first time. So I'm like, okay, baby, like, what do you want to do? Like, what's your goals? Like, you got to have a goal, you know, who are you trying to sell to? How many you want to sell? 
how are you going to get in front of those people? You know, I'm just trying to get her to like get her head around like the, um, the business aspect of it, because um, whatever we do, there's like these multiple dimensions of it. You may be a great baker, but that doesn't mean that you want to uh, design a website or or communicate with with um, potential clients or you know what I mean or or that you can even put a business plan together. These are all different skill sets yeah. that that we just assume I'm an entrepreneur. Don't, that doesn't mean I want to sell. It just means I want to make my own business and I want to create whatever I'm trying to create. But that doesn't mean I want to go out and tell everybody about it. Now, what good what good are you doing if if nobody knows about it, right? Um, but maybe that's a different person, right? So I think that as we can learn about these businesses and the, you know, the the, the point is putting ourselves out there can be the toughest part of that it's like okay i'm here here's what i'm doing not sure what you think about it but it's important for me to let you know right and 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 the trust that there will be a a number of people that will be interested and and who want to support yeah i mean you were speaking nothing but facts baxter i mean i've become a social media manager i've become a graphic (laughs) designer I've become an accountant. I mean, and I've been growing in those skill sets, but it really is a multitude of different things. Um, but side note with your daughter, I was in Girl Scouts as well, Troop 2684, woo-woo, and okay. um, I'll be buying cookies. So she has a customer right okay. here to support my Girl Scouts. Okay, that's what's up. So my, <laughs> wi- my wife, she's, she's like, literally she's at the meeting. And then at one point she says, I, I just tuned out and said, oh, Baxter helped sell these. I'm not going to, I'm not even going to think about it. I'm like, oh, so I guess I'm in charge. So, so that's, that's what I, that's the world I live in. She literally was like, I just stopped listening. And I was like, oh, Baxter, take care of this. That so, you know, what can you do? Come, comes with the territory. Um <laughs> I know that there's, you know, so many things that are on the horizon for you, so many plans that you have, but um, do you think about sort of the legacy that you want to leave and like how you want to be remembered? Yes. Oh my goodness. I was just thinking about this this weekend. I was in deep, deep thought, Baxter, and I want to be remembered for helping out others. When I said philanthropy with my cookies, what's really touching to me is um, foster homes, foster children. And again, I grew up in a two-home house, a two-parent household. I grew up on love. I grew up loving my cookies during the holiday season, you know. And I think about children who don't get that. And that really tugs on my heartstrings. So. I want to incorporate with my cookies, helping out or having, you know, kids who's in the orphanage system, you know, bake some cookies for the holidays, get them involved. I want to really start doing that because eventually I do want to adopt as well. 
So I wanna really make an impact with those children who do not have the love and support from any type of parent. So that's what I, I really wanna make a stance on in life. I'm gonna start working on that soon. That's amazing. And that, what, a le- what a legacy that, that would be to lead. Um, yeah. Yeah. Start crying about it now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, where can people where can people find you uh where if they want to uh, buy cookies where how do they how do they locate you yes so instagram blank canvas cookies co so just co at the end facebook blank canvas cookies as well my website www.blankcanvascookies.com so everything's online ordering shipping delivery Pick up everything's listed online, but you of course send an email at info at blankcanvascookies.com or you know, slide in the DMs if you have a question, I'll respond and prompt timing and we'll go from there. Cool. And then from a um, consultant standpoint, if people are um, would like to talk to you more about or want you to present or consult as it relates to uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion. Yes, um, that email is just my last name and first name. So Bird, B-Y-R-D, Mignon, M-E-N-Y-O-N at gmail.com. Cool, cool. This has been great. Um, I'm so glad that we made it work um, and that we were able to sort of, I can learn more about you. I imagine that there'll be a number of people that'll be like, oh, I didn't know that, you know, that, you know, and just, you know, introducing you to to a greater audience and again you gotta put yourself out there so people can support they gotta know what you're doing if they if you want them to support so you're doing some amazing things thank you for your time today Mignon. um and on behalf of Mignon and my and myself i just want to say um thank you all for watching and supporting please continue to support uh, share if there's something that's beneficial for you, please uh, share as we're trying to uh, grow the audience and just know that you all are capable. Um, you just need to embrace your frequency. And um, what I heard a little bit ago is find your lane and burn rubber in it. So um Again, thank you all for checking me out. Thank you, Mignon Bird, for your time today. And uh, until next time, peace.